Hey, Courtney. What's up? You tend to deal with more of the production side of this podcast. Uh-huh. What kind of tools do you use? Well, I actually use a few things, but my favorite one I use is a really cool program called Anchor. Really? Yeah, it's by far the easiest way to create a podcast. They provide creation tools that allow you to record. You can also edit your podcast right from your computer or cell phone. Wow, that's pretty awesome. Yeah. So how do you push your podcast to different platforms? Dude, Anchor does it all for you. They distribute your podcast to Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many other platforms. That's cool. Yeah. On top of us wrangling our kids, working full time, doing research, that does seem to cut down a lot of the time, huh? Oh, yeah. How come we didn't know about this sooner? Honestly, I really don't know. But one of the best parts about this is you don't have to have a minimum number of listeners or plays to monetize off your podcast. That's awesome. That helps us become one step closer to helping donate back to the victims and their families. Yeah, that's important. But how much does it cost to use Anchor? Well, are you ready for this? Yeah, bring it on. It's free dude dude that's awesome go download the free anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started content warning this episode includes foul language and discussion of violence trigger warning this episode includes discussions that explore sexual violence which includes molestation and rape and may be triggering listener discretion is advised go go yes because it's a hot day yes yes you do Okay. And I love this because it's a hot day. It really is a hot day, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it makes me warm. <laughs> and yes. it's a hot day. It, there uh-huh. you have it, ladies and gentlemen. You've heard it first. Here on A Nefarious Nightmare, it is a hot day. Hello, Courtney. How are you? I'm chilling. It's been a week. Oh, I Mm -hmm. hate starting out that way, but it's been a week. Um, What's been up with you lately? Nothing really. Momming. Just momming. Just momming around, summering. That's it. Hanging (laughs) hanging 10 with with the Podcasting. (laughs) Podcasting. Yeah. Did you hear that um, whole like Yankee accent I tried to throw in there? It's really funny. Fooling anybody. I know, I'm definitely not a Yankee. How you doing? How you doing, Amanda? No, 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 no. How you doing? How you doing, Mandy? How you doing? How you doing? Oh my god. Oh look, it's your kitty. I wish I wish everybody could see this. Your kitty is so adorable. She has to stay by my side. Yeah, yeah, I have one like that. Her name's Betty. Yeah, she won't leave me alone and, and it's really funny because like she's the cutest thing in the world, but she likes to meow at like four o'clock in the morning and I'm like, please shut up. Like, I'm mm-hmm. tired, and I would really like to get some sleep. Thanks. I've already got a baby i got to take care of. <laughs> no, mine has three different names. And oh, she'll yeah? answer to all of them. What are the names? Her name is, first, it was Fiona. Uh-huh. I remember I posting about Fiona. Yeah, I like Shameless, and I was kind of in a shameless rut at that Shameless time. is the shit. What are you talking about? <laughs> and so I named her Fiona. Yeah, man. But, so, very long story short. My neighbors found her un- like under a car in the engine or something, and she could only use three of her legs when we got her, when we rescued her. So um, my brother had named her Sharkbait. <laughs> that was so 
sorry. What? Because of Nemo, you know, injured Finn. Okay. Injured. But, mm-hmm. yeah, and well, it was her pelvis. Her pelvis got crushed. Right. So now she can walk. She can run. She could, she jumps off the two story. She's fearless. Yeah. She's shark bait. But, so, and then one night, Ben and I decided she looked like a Molly. Oh, Molly. And so we changed it to Molly. So we call her, I call her either shark bait or Molly. My youngest son calls her Fiona. Yeah. That's it. He won't call her anything else. Right. And everybody else calls her a mix between everything. So she's basically shark bait, Molly Fiona. So that's her name. Um, So it's really funny because like we got Vetti. Okay, so Vetti is short for Corvette. Okay, so when my husband and I moved in together, we were... we were just dating for like a year at that point. And um, so we moved in together and I basically had moved in with him and two freaking cats. I hated cats. Okay? <laughs> Sometimes I still do. But um, I like mine and yours seems pretty cool, I guess. Um, I <laughs> so um, he came with Dory and Dory is like a blue haired. I got Dory. <laughs> oh, wait, no, this is where it gets weird. Okay. This, this is why you and I are soulmates. Okay. So, um... <laughs> So he comes with Dory. Dory is a blue Russian, like blue haired Russian. I think that's what it's called. And mm-hmm. um, then he came with Chevy, who was like a, a black kitty. She was just so sweet. And so I am entering into this territory of two felines that just hate me because I'm taking over their dad. Their space. Yeah, that's my that's my husband. Well, <laughs> back then it was my boyfriend. So they hated me. Um, Dory still kind of does, but she, she tolerates me. But anyways, I I digress. So, um, Chevy, so Chevy was starting to get used to me and then she started having issues where she was bleeding everywhere. Mm. And so we took her to the vet and she ended up having something called pyometra. Um, so we tried to get her spayed. We couldn't because not only did she have pyometra, but she ended up showing complications from feline AIDS and she passed away. Oh, wow. Um, Nate has not been the same since. Um, so pretty much like a couple of weeks after that, we, we ended up adopting a marmalade kitty, you know, like those little orange kitties. We named yeah. him Nemo. So we have, so we have Dory and Nemo. Dory was originally named off of some character off of Metalocalypse. I don't, I don't know much about that show. Some people might like that show. I just don't really care for it. But, but we ended up renaming her Dory rather after the fish. So it would make sense. Well, then (laughs) funny thing about rescuing a cat underneath an engine. So Vetti comes along. We, um, now if is listening to this podcast right now, just know that we do not have any cats. (laughs) <laughs> we have no cats. We have three, but we have no cats. Anyways, um, so Vetti comes along. So she also has two names. <laughs> I call her I call her Cat Sajak because I just, I don't know. I just thought it was cute. But we call her Vetti. She's a little black cat. She was rescued out of the underneath of an engine also. She and her little, her little brother. And um, she um, apparently is a hell of a fighter because she was in that, like, underneath that engine for an entire day. Like, the person that owned that car was inside the mall shopping or whatever and she's stubborn and i mean she acts like it i mean <laughs> he's vetty pat shit vetty pat sajak she's a, a little shit but i love her i guess <laughs> i have three yeah i would probably have a, a dozen if my husband would let me yeah but he's he's capped me off the three you he and said I, no more <laughs> you and i both have about three too many i mean i'm sorry i don't have any cats <laughs> <clears throat> I don't. Okay, we have a dog. Okay, so 
Um, so yeah, so for you guys listening, that that was our episode. Good night. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> we don't talk about felines unless felines have anything to do with um, you know, the paranormal or you know, true crime. Uh, they kind of do. Yeah, you know what? You're right. You're right. Cats, am I right? Yeah. Um, See? They meow. Okay. Yeah, they meow at all hours of the night and just they will slice your face off. And then five minutes later, they're baking biscuits all over your belly. You see this? Well, if you guys, you guys won't be able to see this because we're zooming right now, but she has a big scratch on her, on her hand. Yeah. So, yeah. Baby cat had to break up a fight this morning. Ugh, no, thanks. I know. I know everybody. I shouldn't get in the middle of the fight, but yeah, but my 12 year old was picking on my one year old. So <laughs> cats, cats, not children. I don't know. This might get me some hate. Dory is still like growling and hissing at Betty every chance she gets because Dory's jealous. I mean, I get it. She's the only female in this house, right? But she's, you know, Nate and I are kind of at that point where like, you know what? If y'all fight, fine. Fight it out. Y'all get along afterwards. That's how a lot of female, in general, females become friends as they fight first. And they're like, hey, I like your hair. And the other one's like, hey, I like your nails. And they're like, hey, let's, let's hang out. You know, at least that's what happens with me. Not really. My two girls love each other. Oh, well, then you're lucky, man, because I've never heard of that. So um, let's talk a little bit about how we're getting into this podcast. You go first, because you have a lot more experience with this podcasting thing than I do. Yeah, so I started podcasting only back in April or May. I think it was May, so either April or May, somewhere, somewhere around there, people. I don't know. I have a busy life. So, um, So about three months now, I've been podcasting, and I really love it. So I have another podcast. It's called Fandom Family Chat, and it's just about several different TV shows. Right. I um, So we recorded this, admittedly, we recorded this episode already, but um, I kind of messed up on my end. But when we were talking last time about her family fandom chats, I would suggest that you all go listen to it because they cover some really good shows and everything. And the one that I was really into was when they were covering, uh, um, they were covering uh, Cruel Summer. <laughs> Where did I get Scream from? They were covering Scream, Cruel Summer. You know. <laughs> no, not another teen movie. Um, no, they they were covering Cruel Summer, and that's a really good show. I mean, it's a little, it's a little bit teeny bopper. I'm not gonna lie, just like Pretty Little Liars was, but I was freaking obsessed with Pretty Little Liars. That was Dude. I. Oh my gosh, that that I show Pretty Little Liars. I did too, man. And um, I just started a rewatch of it, and it's almost better the second time around. I'm getting. I tried to I tried to rewatch it, and I found myself thinking, Why did I like this show? <laughs> Really? <laughs> yeah, I did. But honestly, they did a great job on that show. They did a great job with Cruel Summer. Aside from like the, the teen aspect of it, I just, because I'm 38 years old, I, I just can't. But I still found myself watching it because they were, they discuss pedophile, essentially. That does kind of draw some interest because that's something that's really happening. And so they do kind of raise a little bit of awareness. And it's, I think it's an important show to watch because you kind of see some real life type of things happening. And then another thing is they film it in a fictional town in Texas that I would assume they are comparing to Dallas and Fort Worth. So they, they film um, kind of right down the street from me. So yeah. they, they but film they, all in the Dallas area. But the name of the town, what was it? Skyland? Skyland. Was, it's a fictional town. It's not a real town. Right. So that would be like the equivalent of like Plano Richardson. Yeah. <laughs> which actually exists. And then um there was another town that they mentioned at one point and I was like, They're they're talking about Arlington. They're talking about Arlington. <laughs> they <laughs> and then that the the mall was the Louisville Mall. Yeah, I mean, I've been to that mall and I was like, Why do I recognize this mall? I did the same I, thing. I thought it was the park mall at Arlington for a minute, and then I was like, No, that's not. 
but it looks like it. What else was it? They um, passed, I think it was one of the houses that they had kind of like scooted past real quick. And I was like, I've seen that house. So I was like, they're filming in Texas. Those tricksters. Even though A lot of them were local actors too that were in the show. Only like the few big names that they had, but most of the other smaller actors or the extras, I mean, they're they're all local. Who is that one? Cool. What is her name? I want to call her Mallory. Is it Mallory? The one with the blonde uh, yeah. I, I can't stand her. I'm sorry. Nope. I did not like her. <laughs> no, from... you, you don't really. But do you know who she is? No. She's Kevin Smith's daughter. Okay. I like her a little bit better. <laughs> no, no. I, I'm i sure she's great as like a real human being, but her character, I cannot stand her character. From the very beginning, I wanted to be like, dude, she is doing her own thing. You don't run anybody's life. Just leave it alone. Okay. I'm, yeah, we're going to our podcast. We really, really deep dive into yes. why she acts the way that she acts yeah i mean I, I guess i liked her a little bit better at the end there but i'm not gonna spoil it so um yeah do we have anything that we need to discuss before we get into this case nothing what about you i'm drinking coffee Don't tell us anything about you oh yeah okay so hi i'm courtney <laughs> i am courtney <laughs> i am a funny mother figure <laughs> you are uh, I, Fantastic. I I know it. You know why? Because I have I have a little something called anxiety and ADHD. And so that tends to be like my weakest. Who the hell is fucking messaging me right now? <laughs> Repayment over everybody that we're busy right now. Well, no, it was somebody telling me that I owed the money. Debt collectors, am I right? At what yeah. time is it? 921. Hey, that's illegal. Um, don't be texting that's me. Right. Also. Okay. This one was actually from, this was a text. That's crazy that we're doing this. This is a text from um, one of the people that we interviewed tonight, but we're not going to get into that right now. Yeah, that's really weird. See, she and I, we're best friends now. Oh my gosh. Okay, we're best friends now. Like I told her that we were going to leak arm in arm and we're going to get some justice, but I'll go into that in a minute. It's all about me right now. So I'm Courtney. Hi. And, Hi, Courtney. <laughs> and I'm here with my friend Mandy. I will only call her that once. Um, but <laughs> that's all you're getting away with. <laughs> I will call her that once until we do the next episode. Um, yeah, so I'm from Dallas. I'm living in the Fort Worth area. It's not really Fort Worth, but it's kind of there. I just found out that the area that I live in is considered an old sundown town. So that's fun. Like we all love a good hate group, right? No, we don't. We hate them. Yeah. Um. So, and I like, I like podcasting, I think, because A, I really like doing true crime and talking about paranormal stuff, as you'll figure out. Um, I, I like listening about it. Um. I did, I was just telling um, Mandy over here that um, when I was really little, I used to, she let me get away with it. I used to um, pretend like I was a radio DJ with my sister and that was fun because we had a lot of fun with it and I, I was, we were both really hilarious about it and I just wish I could find those tapes because we would be so fucking famous. I'm serious. Like people would be like, oh my God, those two, that little nine and 11 year old, they were, they were just something, you know? <laughs> But as, as with all, but I always just ruin good things. So that's, there's that because I lost them. I lost them. So there's that lady. Yeah, that's what I do. I'm just welcome to my life. Um, so yeah, so that's, that's, that's about me. Um, oh, and I listen to yoga. Um, I don't do yoga. I listen to, (laughs) I listen to a funny story to, to piggyback off you right now. Okay. So, um, real quick, I listen to yoga. I like to mentally stretch my brain out. I don't do it physically because I'm 
fat. And when I say I'm fat, I mean, like, I do not look like my Facebook picture. I am a catfish. No, I'm kidding. I'm pretty. But <laughs> but whenever people, like, people, when I tell people that I'm fat, they're like, oh, my gosh, don't say that. <laughs> you are so pretty. I'm like, yeah, but what's the difference? Like, I'm pretty and I'm fat. Okay? You can There's, be both. You can definitely be both. I'm All I'm doing is spitting facts. Okay? I'm pretty fat. But I listen to yoga and I like to listen to yoga while I'm driving. So, um, you know, I had a That's funny not the joke. place you should relax. Well, namaste in my lane. So <laughs> that was really dumb. I'm sure somebody's used that joke before, but I'm just <laughs> namaste in my lane. <laughs> she, just, she just pushed her mind. <laughs> That was the dad joke of the year right there. You know, my husband is rubbing off on me. <laughs> he really likes him a jet. He loves him a dad joke. But piggyback, go and piggyback real quick, girl. With your Dunder Mifflin ass cup. <laughs> yeah, I wish y'all could see it. It was so cute. <laughs> I forgot what you said because I forgot what I was piggybacking off. Oh, yeah. So there's one day I got, I started, I, I got into Beachbody. Uh-huh. I really need to start doing it again. No, you don't. I'll, I'll do it. I'll do it one day. Okay. You go, girl. I thought that I should sit down and watch the videos before I did the videos. Which you should. You should. So uh -huh. I sat down and I started watching the, I told Ben, I was like, hey, my husband, I'm going to start doing Beachbody today. He's right. like, awesome. Cool. I mean, he's going to encourage me. Right. So he's like, cool. So he goes outside. He does all the yard work <laughs> and he comes in dripping sweat. Yeah. And here I am on the couch with my pillow and blanket all surrounding me. Did watching. you have a Ben and Jerry's? No, I had chips. Oh, well, hey, you know what? More power to you. That's fucking hilarious. <laughs> He's in there watching my workout videos. He's like, you know, that's not going to work, right? <laughs> no, here's the, here's why. Okay. It's a lot like listening to yoga. You got to mold your brain around it. Get it ready. But seriously, no, like you've got to watch those freaking things before you actually do them because you got to learn the moves and stuff. Sometimes they're like, we're going to start out slow and then they're going like 80 miles an hour. You're like, um, I'm never going to catch up. So you have to watch it and kind of study it a couple of times. See, I'm, I'm too lazy to like move my couch out of the way. Yeah, so I am too. I'll just do it like behind my couch. Uh huh. But then when they ask me to lay down, then I can't see the TV. Which beach body are you doing? Um, I don't know. I have them all online. My favorite one though, I actually did I it. It's a hundred day. Okay. Right. You should look into Pio. Real talk. I mean, that shit was awesome. Like it, it was, it was like, uh, oh, what was it? Pilates and yoga mixed together. And I loved it. I like I mean, Pilates and I like yoga. Oh, so. well, it was great. I mean, I, I was like a whole new woman. I need, I know, I'll look at that one. So, um, you know, speaking of Beachbody, except not at all, um, we're going to get into, <laughs> we're going to, I need to get it out of my system, man, because seriously, this case, I was just telling Amanda earlier that this, these people have been on my mind like crazy all week. And, um, I want to just kind of preface this by saying we are a podcast that will like put a little bit of humor in there because honestly, and some people have used um, the term gallows humor. I just like to use humor because I'm an awkward person and I don't want to, <laughs> I don't want to sit there and, you know, keep it serious all the time because otherwise I'm going to break down and cry. This this case, yeah, this case is no different. Um this just so when we're laughing about stuff, it's not insensitive. That's just how we cope. That is definitely how we cope. We um promise that we are going to be respectful to all of the the actual victims. I cannot promise that I will be respectful to some of the criminals. 
No. Because they're pieces of shit. Yes. In, in most cases. And I don't consider this guy a criminal. I actually kind of consider him a hero. Um, but he's been through a lot of shit and he's had a lot of unfair things happen to him and again he and his sister both have been on my mind like crazy um i thought i was done doing research on them i could not i can't finish doing research on them because there's always more and more and more and okay real quick before i get into it i want everybody listening to this to go when you have a moment look up this song by tech nine called my haiku slash burn the world. But listen to it after you listen to this podcast because you'll kind of get a little bit of an idea of how it's made me feel. This case is real near and dear to my heart and um, the two people that I interview, if y'all listen to this, I just want you guys to know that I kind of see y'all as very close to me and I really appreciate y'all taking the time to talk to me. So without much further ado, we are going to discuss Jason Vukovic, the Alaskan Avenger. Are you familiar? A little bit. I am. Okay. A little bit, but I have much to learn. Okay, well, let's just get right to it. Um, Jason Vukovic was born June 25th of 1975, so he's only like eight years older than me. It is now June 41st. (laughs) (laughs) It's been a month, okay? (laughs) It's, (laughs) It's been a month. It's July 11th at the time of recording this. Um, Jason has just had a birthday, so um, I'm wishing him a very, very happy birthday. Um, So he's about eight years older than me. Um, He was born in Anchorage, Alaska um, to a single mother. And we're just going to call her good old Sandy because I cannot stand her. And you'll see why. Okay. I do not care for her at all. And I'm not afraid to say it. She allowed all of this to happen and continues to maintain her own little innocence in this to this day. Um, so according to his sister, Angelina Lozano, who you guys will hear from later, um, his father abandoned him when he was very young. Sources have said three. He was three years old. So then his mom got with um, this dude named Larry Lee Fulton, who is also a bona fide piece of shit. But this guy did the unimaginable and he basically adopted Jason and became his legal father. Biological father. Not biological. Well, not biological. Adopted father. Right. Legally, he became his, like, adopted father. According to a letter that Jason had written to the Anchorage Daily News, quote, Both of my parents were dedicated Christians and had us in every church service available, two or three each week. So you can imagine the horror and confusion I experienced when this man who adopted me began using late, late night prayer sessions to molest me. It's it's a sad case, guys, and it's going to be, it's going to be a little bit of a hard listen, but, you know, just bear with me because, yeah. Fulton also used physical violence against Jason he used anything from belts to two by fours, pretty much anything that he could get his hands on at that point. During Jason Vokovich's trial, his brother Joel Fulton would say, we would roll over on the bunk beds and be up against the wall. It was my job to go first, so he would leave Jason alone. So basically, he was um, being a good big brother, which is sad. It's so sad, but he was being a good big brother and was like hoping that he would be too tired to do anything to Jason by the time he was done with Joel. Very sad. So horrible. In 1989, or around 1989, the law enforcement finally um, listened to the allegations of abuse from Joel, the older brother. I think he was 16 at the time and um, Jason was like 11. You know, Joel had um, kind of started to whistleblow this asshole, their father. And um, he was finally charged with second degree, second degree 
Yeah, let that resonate. Abuse of a minor, but did not do any prison time. I think he did like three years of probation and that's it. Nobody cared to check in on um, Joel or Jason after that. And the abuse continued well into Jason's teens. And when he was 16, he finally ran away to Washington. Sounds pretty cut and dry, right? Yep. It's, it's not. So he and his girlfriend at the time having nearly zero to their name. They, they had no money. This is this is the stuff that I just found out, okay? Um, real quick... I'm going to credit the next few paragraphs to True Crime Kent. That's a podcast that I just discovered that Angelina had actually suggested to me. They were the ones that were able to give me the actual, like the accuracy of this, the following. Anyways, I'm crediting True Crime Kent. They're a badass podcast. Go listen to them, whatever. Yeah, so Jason had tried to get his birth certificate and other forms of identity from his mother. So what had happened was he had gone to his mother after he'd run away and she had basically told him, you know what, get the hell out of my life. I don't want to ever see you again. You know, you you totally ruined my family. Uh, Sandy. Who's her family? Not her kids? <laughs> right. The husband? Yeah, I guess so. I guess her husband was more important than her kids. And that's pretty evident in some mothers, which I don't, I just don't get it. I don't get it. I don't. I don't. As a mother, I don't get it. I, I don't know. I, hmm. I'm going to tell you on record today that if anybody ever tells me anybody and I say anybody, but this is like my, my husband, for example, and he would never do this. But if he was like, it's between me and Anna, I'd be like, deuces. And I'm sorry. Like I I just birthed this kid. So he had gone to his mom and his mom was like, you know, well, yeah, you can just get the hell out of my life. You know, you have caused tremendous heartbreak for my family. It's all about me. And so Jason was like, all right, cool. Um, yeah, I will happily do that. But on one condition, I just need my birth certificate and my other forms of identity and I will get out of your hair. That's fair. Good thing. Yeah. So she said no. (laughs) She just straight up was like, no, get out of my house. So he did. So he and his girlfriend, you know, moved to Washington. They got themselves an apartment and, um, they were broke. Okay. They were bona fide poor. Yeah. Um, (laughs) He had gotten some odd jobs, tried to make a little bit of money. Um, the last job they had gotten apparently was a pretty good job. Did some, like, I think it was handyman work. And it's funny because, like, he is akin to a handyman in a lot of ways, as you'll hear. Um, but he did some, like, handyman work and was supposed to make a lot of money. And by the time it came around to where his paycheck would roll around, they were like, yeah, well, we can't pay you because you have no identity. Like, no ID. Nothing. So he did not get any money for all the work he did. Mm. So what did he do? He was like, okay, well, you know what? Fuck this. I quit. Right? Yeah. I mean, if you're not going to get paid, why work? Yeah, for real. I mean, listen, they they were doing what was legally, like, legally. Yes. I don't want to say okay. It was just, they were following the law. You can't pay somebody um, if, you know, they don't have an ID. At the same time, though, they hired him to what I understood knowing he didn't have an ID. So what was Like, that's something you should check before... Yeah. You let the person work. For real. So basically they were like, all right, we'll let you work. And then they're thinking in their heads, like, you know, for free, you know, that's yeah. just, that's just messed up. Like he's so far, Jason is not getting a fair shake of life. It's like he was set up for failure. It just sucks. And you know, he's already fair. Like he's made a lot of like fair bargains and people just keep laughing in his face as you're going to see. I also want to kind of stress this a little bit. He's an underage kid. Okay. He's 16. He was a runaway had zero financial resources or identification. And he's already troubled. Like he's got quite a bit of PTSD as again, you will see. Um, So he ended up, because of all of this, he had to turn to stealing to survive. Now, 
one thing I want to make clear, I will never glorify a crime. I will never glorify a killer. I will never ever glorify a rapist or a molester or anything like that. But to my, to me, Jason Vukovic is not a criminal. Okay. He's done some criminal acts. Sure. He should do time. Yes. But you'll just, you'll see. There's been some cases that consider him the Robin Hood of true crime. If that makes sense, you'll see why. So yeah, he's had a few odd jobs. Um, There was the one that couldn't pay him because he had no ID. He quit. So then he got a gym membership somewhere that had offered a deal where it was like free for a day. Okay. Um, He, from what I understood, knew what was up before he took this offer and he took it. So he took the offer where he had access to the gym lockers and he came across somebody's wallet that had like close to a thousand dollars in it. Okay. I'm going to speak on his, on on his behalf as if it were me. And I'm sure that like hindsight is 2020 and he, you know, feels bad. But if you look at the circumstances he was in, he had no choice. If it were me, I can't say I wouldn't have done the same thing. I was, I would have been desperate, like trying to make sure that me and my, I guess, significant other were fed. Okay. They were starving. Um, He had no help. He had no hope. It was just a sad situation all around. And he did only what he knew that he could do. And while it wasn't the right choice, you can't fault someone like that. He was, again, 16. And um, there's also other circumstances like, you know, being 16, you're afraid to speak to someone and say, oh, hey, I had run away and this has happened to me because from experience that I've heard from others, adults don't always believe kids and that needs to change like yesterday. So far, you know, he's kind of not given a fair shake. He has tried to work. He has tried to prove himself. He tried to get his ID. He tried to be responsible. And everybody just basically slammed the door in his face. Yeah. When you're 16, you don't know your options. You don't know what to do. And you, I mean, really, if you have no guidance and you're a runaway, you're scared. You're scared yeah. to go to adults or go to the authorities. Exactly. And you know what? He just, he had no other choice. Yeah. You know, and I mean, so anyways, he served a good amount of time in jail after this, because after he had gotten that, you know, gotten hold of that money in that wallet, he just, he kept doing it because he really didn't have any choice in the, in the matter. You know, maybe he had also kind of started becoming addicted to the thrill. Who knows? Mm-hmm. You know, he did quite a bit of time in jail. Then he finally got out and he was out for maybe two or three days. Okay. As he's out, this was around, I think it was 2016. Um, he'd used the Alaska sex offender registry to hunt down these sex offenders. This is how he did it. There's a lot of news articles and like that have reported this incorrectly. <clears throat> I was talking to Angelina about this earlier today. And so she gave me some straight up facts. She said that he did use the sex offender registry to get the addresses, but he did not actually find the men's names from that registry. A lot of news articles and sites and things like are saying that he went on this sex offender registry and just hunted these people one by one. That is not the case. He actually got the men's names from an underground gangster community that they don't snitch on each other. It was a list of eight and then eventually nine people. Um, They were all known at the time to be actively offending and actively molesting these children. A lot of people say, you know, he heard it from the grapevine. Literally, he did. Um, They were actively hurting these kids. So once he had obtained the list from these grapevine sources, then he went to go look them up on the computer and he found most of them were already registered sex offenders. So to clarify, he didn't go look up random people on the sex offender registries. They they were given to him. The names were given. Um, One of the offenders, this, (laughs) this is fucking crazy. One of the offenders was convicted for child pornography. I think it was law enforcement that she was talking about, but when they busted into into this 
offender's house. He was with two girls. Um, I think it was Angelina who had an interview with another girl. And that girl had expressed a bit of shock, stating that it was like it was out of a movie that the offender claimed that he hadn't done that in years and that he was good and cured and that she and the other girl ended up going rummaging through this guy's house like they wanted to steal some stuff. So he, they went into his closet and he had a bunch of hangers with plaid shirts. And so she moves them across and discovers that there is a wall full of child porn. Yeah. She stated very understandably that it was disturbing, like living in a disturbing scene of some movie. Have you ever seen Lovely Bones? For whatever reason, it reminded me of coming across that one part <clears throat> where he had that hidden like thing down down underground. Yeah. Imagine being like some random person coming across that, but multiply it by like 500,000 as far as like uh, mentally disturbing. You know what I mean? Ugh. Yeah. So, you know, he got the addresses and he set out to hunt and he tried to pick them off one by one. He only got to three of them, as you'll hear. He then broke into their homes and he beat the shit out of them and he had also stole from them. Okay? Okay. So we get it. You know, stealing isn't the best idea. You know, worse things have happened to better people. Like, you know, several children have had their lives, livelihood, and innocence stolen from them. But, you know, we'll get mad about a laptop. And by the way, the items that he stole from all these men's... He... Men's... <laughs> What the hell? <laughs> the items that he that stole. Thank you. The items that he stole from all these men's, plural, he did not keep for himself. He actually donated them to single mothers and abuse victims. Um, he has made it very clear that he will not keep one penny from these people. He went in there, beat the shit out of them, and then took their shit and then gave their stuff. So that's where the Robin Hood of Yeah, this- let's say so he's Robin Hood. Yeah. Literally. Um, So he gave all this stuff to like single mothers and victims and things like that. So. And I do want to kind of put out there at the beginning that he never killed anybody. No, he never killed anybody. He he came really fucking close. But he never killed. He's not a murderer. He never killed anybody. No. I feel like a lot of people when I was reading stuff, a lot of people like say that, you know, he killed blah, 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 people. And honestly, at first, yeah, honestly, when I first heard about him, this was, I actually first heard about him when he was first, you know, being like, you know, crucified over all this. When I first heard, I was like, oh my God, he's a, he's a pedophile killer. Hell yeah. You know, I was just getting all like crazy about it. But then, you know, I did the math. It's like, he didn't actually kill anybody in my, in my own head. It would have been nice, but you know, (laughs) (laughs) no, he's no, I just kind of wanted to put that at the beginning that no, Jason Vukovic has not killed anyone. Okay. But anyway, um, but he donated the items that he stole from these, dare I call them men. Um, he donated them to, you know, to victims. So, yeah, don't steal stuff. But at the same time, he was doing what he thought in his head was right. He was also suffering PTSD from, I don't know, being fucking abused all of his his, his teenage life and his young yeah. Like adolescence, like it's just <clears throat> so these sex offenders were placed on the registry according to Alaska, Alaska's news source quote for crimes ranging from possession of child pornography to attempted sex abuse of a minor. There is people that will argue that possession of child pornography does not indeed um, traumatize the child directly. I disagree. If you possess child pornography, that child that these people are getting their jollies off are directly affected by pedophiles. That yeah. child. I mean, ew. I'm just so tired. You know what? I'm just going to put it out there right now. I'm tired of people trying to sweep pedophilia and sex offenses and rape under the rug. Like, yep. 
And, and it's unfortunate because our justice system does. Uh, we could talk about Bill Cosby all day long, but I'm not going to give him Ugh. time of day. Um, he's out. But yeah, he's fucking out. But that's a whole nother. This is about this is about our hero, Jason Vukovic. Um, but yeah, any, if, it, if you participate in any way, you're causing trauma to these children. These are victims. They are victims, not some pedophiles who sustained a quote unquote assault. Then Jason Vukovic pled guilty to the assaults in 2016, but on one condition that his sentence be no longer than the combined sentences of his father and the three motherfuckers he rightfully assaulted. So who are these who are these victims? Well, first of all, first one was Charles Alby. He was slapped and punched a few times and then robbed. Second is Andres Barbosa. I don't know if I butchered his name and I frankly don't care, but again, he was slapped and punched a few times and then robbed. So basically like his thing was he would come in to these guys' houses and be like, "Sit." And then he would beat them up, usually with his fists, or slap them. And then he would steal from them, and he'd be like, you know, do you know why I'm here? You know, it's because you abuse these children, and then I'm going to avenge them. Well, then there's three. Wesley Demarest. This guy is the recipient of this assault carried out by Jason Vukovic. So he tried to fight back. So Vukovic came in like the badass he is, and he beat him with a hammer. Um, he now has lasting brain injuries, even though he's already had brain injuries, apparently. But that's all well and good. Um, there's lasting trauma that he's inflicted on these children. Um, but anyways, he's he's real ironic. He's what I like to call an ironic dickbag. He's a piece of human garbage. He remembers, Demarest remembers Vukovic coming into his home at around 1 a.m. Um, he had a roommate. Some sources say that it was like a couple saying, with him for like a bed and breakfast so there's different beings in the in play but what i read was his roommate it was another male had alerted had alerted demarest but was then pushed to the side by jason vukovic vukovic was wielding a hammer and said to him are you wesley demarest and are you on the sex offender registry and demarest goes yeah and vukovic says do you believe you have paid for your crimes and demarest goes yeah and vukovic goes no you didn't pay for it enough. So Demarest laments that he didn't feel like he deserved it, but quote, guess I do. I guess my punishment isn't over yet, unquote, like a guilt trip. He's also known to say, is my punishment over yet? I don't know. Is Jason Vukovic's punishment over yet? Um, he was he was convicted of attempted sexual abuse against a kindergartner. So how old is a kindergartner? Five. Five years old. Five, five years old. What could you possibly want with anybody that's a minor? But what could you possibly? Uh, wow. He served nine whole months in jail and then he served three years in the sex offender treatment program. Mm. Demaris says, oh, oh my I guess God. he's all cured, right? I guess so, man. Like, okay. <laughs> All he's done, after all, all he's done, according to him, is that all he's done for the past 11 or so years is he's just thought about his crime. He's just thought about his crime and he regrets it. I'm sure he's thought about his crime. I bet he did. I'm sure he did. Um, I have zero sympathy for this fucker because, A, you did it once. I believe he's going to reoffend, right? As long as he's alive, I think he's going to reoffend. Yeah. Chances are, if you've offended once, you're going to offend again. And B, I think it's a ploy to try to manipulate people into feeling sorry for him. So he's trying to victimize himself. What about the kindergartner you attempted to sexually assault? What do what you think she's... she is today? Yeah, she's... This was back in, like, what? I, I, if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. I apologize. But if, if this were around the time um, that, you know, 
Jason Vukovic was first like apprehended. I think this was either 2016 or 2018. So she was five around that time that she would be what, 10 now. But you know, what do you think she's been thinking about for the past five or six years, right? He also complains that his attack has cost him his job and destroyed his life. Well, did molesting children not cost you your job and destroy you. I don't understand. Boo fucking who? How many lives have you destroyed? Demaris also says that he prefers that quote, the man who fractured my skull was not walking around while I'm alive. Okay. I'm sure that the children that, you know, he stole their childhood and happiness from was hoping that he wasn't walking around while they were alive. But, you know, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm just, uh, I, I'm going to say this one time. Even though I've probably said it a million times, I hate pedophiles. Um, he says about the attack that Jason Vukovic laid on him, mentally, quote, mentally, I'm still baffled. I'm still baffled also, <laughs> obviously. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Are you baffled? I'm a, I'm a little baffled. How? Oh, goodness. Can you imagine? I'm baffled. Why would you... Why would you come into my... Why would do that? Why would you come into my house and beat me with a hammer? What, whatever did I do to you? What did I do to you? Um, so he sustained injuries, including a fractured skull, a swollen eye, limited speech, and some brain damage. Do you want to know what the children affected by these fuckbags received? They have sustained mental, physical, emotional trauma, PTSD as evidenced by Jason Vukovic, a lifetime of therapy, trust issues, probable nightmares, emotional disturbances well into adulthood, being prone to addictions, many other things, but sorry about your head. <laughs> with this, I'm going to go ahead and play for you um, the interview that I had with Angelina Lozano. She's real sweet, very funny girl. Um, we started out talking about this really weird, creepy man that she came across. She was talking to me while she was at the park with her kids. Tell me about this creepy old man. <laughs> yes. So I was like, okay, girls, I was like, we're going to grab some lunch and we're going to go to the park. Um, we're going to eat. And then while you guys play at the park, I'm going to do this. After pulling up, first of all, we see like three different bodies laying across the benches sleeping. And I'm like, oh my God, what's going on? Well, I think it was just some teenage kids that partied too hard last night. Anyway, so they sleep while we sit there and eat lunch. Then I look over to the left and off like a half a block away, there's like an old man on a tricycle. Okay, it's like a, an adult tricycle sitting there gazing at all of us at the park. And eventually, oh God, here he comes. Oh, here he comes. Eventually, he rides his bike up to the benches that we're sitting at, the picnic tables that we're sitting at, and just sits down and wants to watch the kids play, which it could be harmless. Probably like 80s, 90s, something like old. I'm sorry, but uh, that's, in my opinion, never harmless. I know. Well, trying to explain to the kids, I'm like, listen, he could be a creep, and that's what we're always going to assume. Always, always assume that he's right. a creepy pedophile. Don't trust anybody. But I also, like, at the end of his life, and you know how old people, like, they want to grasp and hold on to their use and so anyways but he sits down at this bench he like stares at Mia for a few minutes like what did he do Mia he just got off his bike and just started staring at me right yeah he's just kind of gravitating towards her and like staring and so she just turned around and came back to me and she was like looking all weird and I'm like here's your sunglasses I was like and walk to the car with me let's go over here or like anyways so what a I was like oh yeah so he just drove off or rode off I guess what Honestly, I was a little bit suspicious because he like biking along and then he yeah. was at the park. 
Well, he creepily sat and, like, scoped us out for, I don't even know how long at first. I don't know how long he was there before I saw him. Anyway, he's gone now. We're going to go back to the park, let the kids play. Um, right. uh, how, old, how old is that your kid? Yeah, both. both. Yeah, so the first one that talked, which she talked really quietly. You probably didn't hear it. Um, Hear her. It. You didn't hear it. No, she is seven. She's Mia. Mia was the first one. She's seven. And then Lelia was the one who was actually on the swing. And she's 11. They are so. smart kids. You did, you've done a great job. Yeah, I mean, but try not to hide dog. or yeah. shelter them too much. You know, they, they got to know things to protect themselves. Yeah, especially with the world that we're in today. Like, I used to work at, I'm not going to mention what the place is called, mm-hmm. but um, I worked at this place that dealt specifically in preventing child-serving organizations from, you know, employing pedophiles and sex offenders and things like right. that. Right. And I learned I learned a lot. And one thing I learned is that typically the offenders are usually somebody that you know. And that offenders look just like you and me. A lot of people will judge an offender, mm-hmm. a potential offender, by them looking a little off. But there are there are absolutely like, for lack of a better term, normal people that right. could very well. So my my whole thing is, and I sound like a helicopter parent, is everybody's creepy. Don't trust anybody. Mm-hmm. You know. Mm-hmm. And my kid, my kid, she's three and a half right now. Now and you know she's one of those where she feels like it's okay to run up to random people and give them hugs and I'm teaching her that that's not necessarily okay because a people right. have boundaries and you know a bubble and b you know you don't want to put yourself in to a predicament where an offender will have the wrong idea. Well, another thing that I've recently, you know, started learning about is, you know, because I'm sure you and I raised that we respect our elders and Mm -hmm. that we we hug old uncle so-and-so or distant cousin so-and-so and, and, you know, all that kind of weird shit. And I don't think we should force our kids to be doing that. They don't feel comfortable doing it. Like, absolutely. You don't have to freaking kiss or hug or hang out or talk to any of these people. I don't care if we're related to them. Right. And 99% of the time, if a kid knows something or, you know, they tell Mm -hmm. you that something's happening, 99% of the time, Mm -hmm. they are telling you the truth. There is a 1% chance that they are not. And that's a very rare thing, you know. They they will probably, or they've heard something and they want to... Right. Repeat it, you know. Exactly. But no matter what, it's always best to trust what your kids are saying. I'm, I'm sorry, kids. You, yes, yes, you do somewhat have to respect your elders to a certain point. But if you right. don't feel comfortable doing something, tell them no and talk to your parents, you know, talk to your Absolutely. parents about it. So let's go into a little bit um, about you. Tell so. me about how you guys had reconnected. So it's not even a reconnection, it's our first connection. Quick backstory our father. Married their mother, had Joel, and then a few years later had Jason. Shortly thereafter, he had an affair with a woman named Marietta. Um, Our father's name is Gary Lanfear. Marietta, I don't know what her maiden name is. It's now Lanfear. She's actually still married to this day. He had an affair um, on Sandy, basically left them and never turned back when Jason was three. About seven years later, before Marietta and Gary got married, they were in Casper, Wyoming. Gary was working at the Hilton where he met my mother. They had an affair. When he found out she was pregnant, he said, peace out. I have have an ex-wife and a current wife and two kids. I'm out of here. I don't want any part of it. So growing up, so Jason and Joel never knew about me. 
Sandy never knew about me. Growing up, I knew about them because my family knew who he was and knew he had an ex-wife with two kids, knew all of that. So I, for, uh, you know, whenever I got to a certain age and the internet became a thing, for about 16 years off and on, I would look for my brothers. I would get on the internet and I would try to find my dad, Gary. I could always find Gary, but I could never find my brothers. It's because I didn't know it was because Sandy was the mother and Marietta was not. So in 2017, November of 2017, an ad came across my Facebook for a free 30-day trial of Ancestry.com. So I was like, you know what? I bet you I can find my brothers in 30 days. Cancel that. I don't need it. You know, whatever. I just need to find them, right? Well, I found them within three days. I was in contact with Sandy. I was in contact with their other half-brother. And I found Jason in prison. Now, the other half-brother, his name is Jess Fulton. Yeah, Justin Fulton had reached out to Joel for me. And said, hey, you have a long-lost half-sister. Can I give her your information? She'd love to contact you. And he said, no, thank you. And then he broke the news about Jason. And, of course, I did the research online. I found him. I did not write to him or reach out to him right away. There was a few reasons. The first and main reason was a selfish reason, was because his story was all over the news. And I did not want to get dusted under the rug or to the side or brushed in with like, oh, these are just fan girls, blah, 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 or whatever. Right. You know, me trying to claim him as my family thing. And then the second reason was I really didn't want to distract him while he's waiting. He was waiting on sentencing, the sentencing hearing. And I didn't, yeah, I didn't want to distract him from that. So those are two reasons. Well, I had saved this, I had bookmarked this page where I could go on and check what was going on with his case. And I would check on it and it just kept getting postponed. And so one of our cousins had reached out to me. I had gotten in, in touch with the, the Lampier family and one of the cousins had reached out to me. It was in like April of 2018. And she was like, hey, do you have Jason's address and information to where I can write him a letter? And I said, I don't have it on hand, but let me Google it for you. I'm on the phone with her and I start Googling. And the first thing that pops up is Jason Vukovic sentenced to 23 years, 25 years or whatever it said. That's how I found out what he was sentenced. He was sentenced in February in 2018. And I broke down. Like I just cried. I was heartbroken. I obviously, um, during the, you know, when I, whenever I found him and though all of those months I spent researching him, all of those months I spent researching stories and, and everything that I could find. And I pieced together his entire story and I was just completely crushed. So April is when I wrote him my first letter. It was nine pages long telling how I found him, who I was, all of this. And I basically wrapped it up with, listen, I can't, I don't understand how none of our family is here and supports you or, you know, any, how they all turn their back on you. I just flabbergasted, you know, I grew up without parents. My mom died when I was six. I never met our dad. And then I had my own kids. And just to have parents that could do that to their own child was, it was heartbreaking and unimaginable. Like, how could you do this? So I reached out to him and I was, I'm your sister and I know nobody's in your corner right now or has never been in your corner. I'm here if you'll have me kind of thing. And, and it was funny because, you know, it takes like seven to 10 days for them to get the mail. Oh, and I sent a stack of pictures, hundreds of pictures, me growing up from the, uh, you know, born all the way to current and his nieces, my, my two daughters. Yeah. And so, you know, it takes seven to 10 days. So I kind of not forgotten about it, but it wasn't at the forefront of my mind. Right. And one night my husband and I were sitting there. I get this. 888 number or 800 or some weird number calling me and I decline it or whatever and then they call me again and call me again and eventually I think I actually declined the call and I said fuck you or I said something like with a like just like a 
God, this person won't, this this company won't stop calling me, you know. I, and I do that all the time with debt collectors. I know. I'm like, leave me alone. If I had the money to pay you, I'd pay you, or you know, whatever. Like, stop right. trying to sell me some shit. So my husband like goes, geez, Angelina, calm down. What if it's your brother? And it never even occurred to me that it could be my brother. And I was like, wow. It's kind of, yeah. And I kind of looked at him, and I was just kind of like, whatever. It's not my brother. And I pick up the phone, and I call the number back. So, of course, I freak out, and I start crying, and I throw the phone across the room. I'm like, oh, my brother. <laughs> yeah. And so, anyway, so I set up an account. I set up an account, and he called me the next day, and I'll never forget. I was drinking a McLob Ultra, and he called mm-hmm. me the next day, and I'm, like, so nervous, and I answer it. And he goes, you better answer the phone when your brother calls you. Those were the oh. first words he, he ever said to me were those words. And I just started laughing, and we have basically been best friends ever since. Kind of went from like perfect strangers to the perfect advocate. And you, you went out there and you just put your own heart and soul out there just to help him, you know, not knowing him from day one. And now we're best friends out of it. I mean, that's just a, it's a bizarre and amazing story. And I'm thankful. I'm thankful because, like I said, I've always had this. I thought I had the shitty end of the stick because I thought that my dad stayed with their mother and raised those two boys. And I wasn't jealous. I wasn't mad. All I wanted was to look at my own dad's face. I wanted to look at my own two brothers' faces and meet them so they could see me and I could see them. And that's all I wanted. I didn't care. And then I found out what happened to them. And I was like, dude, I had it. I had it great. Like I didn't have parents, but you know, I was raised by my family. They kept me, they loved me. They supported me. They still yeah. do. You know, like I was the lucky one. I didn't know. Yeah. Tell me about how yeah. you're feeling currently. Yeah. So, well, okay. So when I first found out, obviously it was rough, but I was also ecstatic that I'm in touch with him now and I can be in his corner. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. at the very least. And I had no idea any of this whole campaign and, you know, his story kind of blowing up was even going to happen because it had happened years ago when it first, you know, went, went down, everything was on the news and, and stuff. And then right. it just fizzled out. Right. So that, that was never the intention. That was never planned. We had no idea. Um, mm-hmm. And so I loved it. It was, it was, you know, it's having to, a loved one uh, locked up and having to support them is not only emotionally a struggle, but financially, you know what I'm yeah. saying? Like, yeah. and especially if you're their only support, you know, you not, there's not a bunch of other family. We don't have cousins and brothers and aunts and uncles calling him and sending him money and going to visit him. It's me, you know what I'm right. saying? Like there's not, and you know, I obviously, I have a career, I have a house and a property and I have two kids and I have two dogs and I have a husband and then, right. and now I have Jason, right? And it's not yeah. just like having a normal brother out and just living their life and working and whatever. It's, you know, I have to support him and I'm happy to do it. I love it. In fact, it helps me as well. Like very stressful. Yeah. It can get expensive. Um, mm-hmm. After basically what happened was his story started to go viral again because there was some big page, I think on Facebook that posted about him. People were like, Oh, we know his sister, you know, and they're yeah. tagging me in it and being like, and I don't know how to answer these people's questions. And they're asking <laughs> how to donate to his commissary and how do we help him? So I asked Jason, I was like, what do you want to do? Because donating to his commissary is kind of a real pain in the butt. But I was like, what do you want me to tell these people? And he was like, he was like, well, why don't you just start like a GoFundMe or something? If we can raise an attorney to help me prepare for parole, the parole board, you know, that could help me actually have a chance at getting parole. And I was like, okay, so that's what we did. And then his story just started 
blowing up out of nowhere. And so trying to manage all the social media and all of that kind of stuff, um, like that blew up. And I'm telling you, when I say I had thousands of messages in my inbox trying to read and respond to these people, yeah, it's definitely it's definitely a full-time job. It's like my second job. <laughs> so Saturday Night Live, and it's Sherry O'Terry playing, um, what's her name? And she's always like, Simadana. <laughs> Simadan now, Simadan. Yes, I know exactly what you're talking about. You're just like looking at all of those emails and messages, and you're just like, whoa, 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 Simadan. Whoa, whoa, whoa. It was. It got crazy there for a while. It has, you know, slowed down a little bit. Definitely a full time job. And a lot of people, you know, if people question why I'm trying to get his story out there, there's a handful of reasons. A, we were able to raise enough money to hire an attorney. Okay. Right. Um, B, I think that this topic, uh, um, just this topic alone needs to be talked about more. And I had mm-hmm. honestly no clue how bad of a problem this was until his stuff blew up and I started getting all these messages from people telling me their stories, men, women, about being molested as children or just raped in general. Just right. It was flabbergasting. I, I could not believe. So that that is a huge reason. And obviously, you know, have you heard of Sinclair Brown? They did a freaking documentary on on her. And when the documentary aired, these lawyers, these attorneys came to her side, pro bono, I might add, and ended up getting her out of prison. Okay, sure. You know, Jason has done some things. Okay, whatever. Yes. Let's just get that out of the way. And oh, yeah, absolutely. I will say this on record many times. You'll never hear me say anything different. I will never say what he did was right. And I'm not, I'll never, I'm not going to say ever that he doesn't deserve prison time or jail time for what, for what he did. He did commit crimes. What, what, you know. Right. But I mean, I also, I also can't say that. I mean, if somebody had done the awful, horrible things that he got um, vengeance for Mm -hmm. to my kid, I can't, I can't sit there and confirm or deny. (laughs) Confirm or deny. Exactly. Yeah, I can't say I wouldn't do the same thing, you know? I mean, mm-hmm. I, I very well could end up in prison myself, but you know what? That's my kid, and I, I fully believe that mm-hmm. kids, they can't really defend themselves as it is. They absolutely can't, especially if we're to... teaching them respect your elders and do exa- everything that they say. For sure. You know? Like, we need to be their biggest advocates, and, and in my eyes, he's their, he's one of their biggest advocates. He's doing everything mm-hmm. right. I want to kind of, you know, piggyback on what we discussed prior you know you were talking about how this is financially draining mm-hmm. let's let's kind of just let our listeners know let's just kind of reiterate how important it is for people to write him letters yes um, oh my gosh just that alone man right. just writing him a letter you know and he writes everybody back so don't think that you're you're going to write him a letter and he, you're not going to hear anything back it doesn't matter what country you're in um, mm-hmm. go ahead and all of you people that are you know on Facebook saying, let's put money on this book. Well, I mean, if you're going to talk about it, be about it. You know, go put money on this mm-hmm. book. There are plenty yes. of, there's plenty of links out there to where you can do mm-hmm. that. Just writing him keeps his spirits up, like knowing that there's a whole army out here that support him. That's huge, you know, and there's a petition out there, a change.org petition out there that's got, uh, there's one in that, there's one in the link or in my in the link tree. So that's the one that the main one that we're using. So sign, sign, sign. It's easy. Sign and share. Right. Do not donate to them though, because all that money will get lost. So do right. not do not donate to change.org. So you guys have heard it from her first. You know, mm-hmm. um, if you're going to make donations, do so through the link tree that we will provide in our show notes. He has just had a birthday. He did. 
Yeah. When was his actual birthday? It was June 25th. Yep. Okay. Yeah, it's June 25th, and that is so cancer. Yep. So we're wishing him a very big happy birthday as it awesome. is July 5th right now. Oh, about the letters, which I put on everything, but it's, everything's going to get photocopied black and white. Okay. Um, don't put, you know, nothing with perfume or lipstick or uh, food splatters. You know, if you send a card, they're just going to photocopy it. He's not going to see the colors or anything. Yeah. So. So to keep it simple, silly. <laughs> yes, exactly. All right. Well, thank you very, very much. Um, Absolutely. You have Anytime. Yeah, you're... You are in as many ways a hero as he is. Okay, so what was your takeaway from that interview? She seems so nice and sweet. She is really <laughs> cool. That um, girl. No, I did I did like hearing kind of her side and her background. Yeah. Because I didn't really know how she was. I knew she was his sister, but I didn't know how. Right. And so that kind of cleared all that up for me. It was really funny because I knew I was going to do this in or I'm not interview. I'm sorry. I knew I was going to do this episode and I was really excited about it because I've noticed that a lot of people request it in a lot of true crime communities and stuff, but I haven't seen a lot of coverage on it. There's maybe um, just a handful of uh, true crime podcasts that cover it. And I'm like, you know what? No, I'm covering this. And I'm really glad um, I did because I'm getting a lot of information off of it and getting to know them is just so amazing. Mm -hmm. I sent her a message on Instagram because I noticed that it, they have a justice for Jason Vukovic Instagram. And I was looking through it and I was like, this is legit. Okay, cool. And then it said um, her personal Instagram was running it. So I went and messaged her and I was thinking she is never going to respond. She's never going to respond. But I messaged her saying, I just want to you know, talk to you about, you know, all of this. We're doing a podcast and I was like, please respond. I was just praying. Please respond. <laughs> Literally like 10 minutes later, she responded. And I was like, oh, holy shit. You know, <laughs> I, it's also weird because I found out that she lives like maybe, maybe an hour and a half away from me. Oh, cool. So maybe 30 minutes away from you. Oh, wow. You know? Yeah, it's it's weird. It's just like a small world type thing. I don't drink, but um, you know, if I did, I would like to go have a beer or five with her. There's Angelina. Um, she's a real big advocate for Jason Vukovic, who is a real big advocate for you know um, victims. As we're getting to know them a little bit more, um, the one thing that I will say is Angelina was kind enough to um, have Jason give me a call, and I was able to get that as well. One thing um, that I want to kind of like mention real quick before I get into the rest of this case in the interview. So we had to have like a secret word because, you know, with the whole legal technicalities of being, you know, incarcerated, mm -hmm. there are certain rules that we have to follow. So I'm not going to mention what, but basically the secret word, and I'm, I'm going to say that everybody's picking up what I'm throwing down without me actually saying it. But the secret word was pickles. So in the beginning of the interview, and I had to cut it down some because, you know, for the interest of time, like we're already going to have a really long episode. I'm sorry, guys, but it's worth it. I told her to tell him to tell me pickles, right? Just to confirm some things, right? Mm -hmm. So they got into a little bit of an argu argument about that. And then he calls me and the first thing he says, before I start, I just want to let you know that I only let my sister, Angelina Lozano, handle my pickles. I was like, you know, <laughs> you have a sense of humor. I like you. You're cool. So um, 
But yeah, um, real quick before I get into his interview, mm-hmm. um, I want to go ahead and just mention that um, as of October of 2020, um, he had appealed his case stating that PTSD was a factor that provoked him to attack these three well-deserving idiots. Unfortunately, he has lost that appeal, but he and his sister as well as his supporters are all working to get him paroled by 2023. I think that's absolutely fair. I hope it happens. And you'll hear it um, in the interview. He says that the cards are stacked against him. I think that if if we get enough um, coverage on this, that maybe, you know, public opinion will weigh out everything else. He entered into a plea deal with the state and he pled guilty to one count of attempted assault and one count of robbery. According to Cheyenne Matthews of Alaska's news source, Vukovic was sentenced to 28 years in prison with five years suspended and five years on probation in 2018. So that marks it down to like 23 years. According to the New York Post, um, his attorney, Ember Tilton, agreed that he needed some sort of rehabilitation quote, for a very long time, due to the extent of abuse he had endured, but said, quote, I don't think he needs to be punished. He's already been punished. This whole thing started out as a punishment of a child who didn't deserve to be treated in that way. Similarly, his brother, Joel Fulton, who had run away after enduring the same abuse, maintains to this day that he has not recovered. He's still not okay. Many sources have said that, like, he's kind of like a hermit. That's totally fine. I was going to say, like, does this... Do you have any contact with his brother? Do we know? So um, they don't really, they don't, except um, there was, there's one point where you'll, and if you look, like, if you do a quick little Google search, you'll see like some pictures of um, he and his brother. There's Jason behind the glass and they're smiling at each other. So, I mean, he's obviously went in and he spoke in favor of Jason Vukovic. So, but they don't really have contact. Um, Honestly, I don't think that it's like any like, ill will toward each other. I think that the trauma was just that much that they just couldn't bear. But I could be very wrong on that. That's just what I've gathered. All in all, like sexual abuse is traumatizing. Um, Fortunately for Joel Fulton, he was able to graduate college. Um, He started his own family. He's again, he's kind of a hermit. In his line of business, from what I see, he's successful. I could be wrong. I think he's gotten into like IT or he runs his own business or something. He, Jason Vukovic, he had appealed his case. Um, He mentioned that PTSD was a contributing factor and that when he committed any crimes that he was under duress. His sentence should be no longer than the combined prison terms of his three victims plus the sentence given to the man who Vukovic said molested him as a child. That was his words. He thought that that would be a fair trade and I agree. Let's remember that all of these men are walking free. His dad has passed away so in my opinion he straight up got away with it. He's He got away with it. Yeah. He had made the court aware of his childhood sexual abuse. They failed to consider that. They basically laughed at him. They also said that Vukovic failed to present evidence of being under duress, even though he was officially diagnosed with PTSD five years prior to all of this. A doctor even testified in his favor, stating, quote, his behaviors were consistent with someone who has suffered from PTSD. So basically, they basically put it all on the table for them. And they're just like, <laughs> no, we don't believe you. Mm. Asshole. He also argued that his sentence was excessive, which, yeah, it is. And that nobody had any mind to rehabilitate just to punish him. The court basically said, sorry about your luck, buddy. We don't do vigilantism around here. My question is, what would you do if somebody had avenged your child? Like, what if your child was the victim of such abuse? What if Jason Vukovic walked into the offender of your child into their house and did all this? Would you, you know, have a change of heart? I mean, does it only matter if it's your child? But anyway... (sighs) Yeah. Um, To quote from Angelina's latest text, 
So we appealed the sentence and requested a sentence reduction based on the fact that he was diagnosed with PTSD. They did not consider his diagnosis when they sentenced him. The state and the Supreme Court denied the appeal request taking the side of the prosecution as they argued that they did not present enough evidence of the PTSD diagnosis. We have applied and been approved for a post-conviction relief hearing, which basically means that we're going to go and state that his representation at the time of the sentencing did not do the bare minimum to show the evidence of the PTSD diagnosis. We can continue to go back on that one, but we're just on a waiting game for dates and paperwork. He does have a discretionary parole hearing in July of 2023 that we're preparing for, including trying to get him PTSD treatment, a paralegal degree, which is, wow, that's awesome, support letters from the outside world and stating they will support him when he gets out, and having him take all the classes and getting all the sets of his certifications he possibly can while inside. He will need a job, a place to live, support and some money to get him on his feet when he gets out. And if we have all of that set up for him before he goes to the parole board, that will show we've worked really hard. So let me go ahead and before I end this, I'm going to go ahead and play the interview that um, I did with Mr. Vukovic. Are you ready for this? Yep. Have you been waiting your entire life for this? I have. I too. I too have been waiting for this interview that I've already done that <laughs> I can't wait to listen to again. I've listened to it several times in my car already. Like, I can't lie. Like, I'm just so intrigued by this case. All right. Here we go. Okay. Awesome. Awesome. Okay. Well, um, I first want to start by letting you know that you and your sister are badass. And um, y'all are well admired for the good that both of y'all have done. And talking with you is kind of like... It's a humbling moment because I'm. It's like I get to talk with Batman. You feel me? Yeah, right. I was thinking <laughs> so, more, more like, more like low budget Batman. <laughs> no, we'll we'll just stick with Batman. Y'all are kind of one and the same to me. Um, because I'm, you know, I'm a mom. You know, and right. you know, our kids, our kids need the advocacy. So, I mean, in with everything else, thank you, seriously. And I, yeah. I'm sure I speak for a lot of parents here. Thank you. Yeah, I super appreciate that. I was going to say, I I used to tell everybody that uh, nothing that I did was exceptional in any way. Um, and, and the best way to describe that is like if I called you and said, hey, Courtney, they're fucking with my little kids and the cops <laughs> won't do anything about it. Can you come help? Right. It probably would take you a couple of minutes to show up to help out. So right. um, that's, that's what I'm all about. And, uh, you know. In my lifetime, I've moved a lot of refrigerators and I've handled a lot of other business um, right. that I'm privileged to go do. So sometimes it's a real privilege to get called to pull a couple weeds in the garden. Right. And, uh, that's been the case for me. So, But anyway, right. yeah, buy it. You know what I mean? Yeah, uh, it feels good was, to be able to help. Yeah, I was happy to help for sure. Absolutely. Right. Um, well, in the interest of time, um, I know that they're only allowing you like 15 minutes to talk. Um, and I imagine you're probably sick of talking about all the legal technicalities, you know, like you're probably just like, oh, my God, stop asking me about this. <laughs> so, um, first of all, we'll just start with, you know, happy birthday. You recently had a Thank birthday, you. and I'm really, really sorry you've had to spend it in your current situation. But I hope that it was the absolute, at the absolute least, decent. <clears throat> I thought you were going to say you're really sorry I turned this old this year. I know it's horrible. Oh, but, uh, please. <laughs> but thanks. I appreciate that. That's nice. Uh, we try to, the way the way you learn to survive prison time is you try to not acknowledge holidays and birthdays for yourself. Right. 
uh, because it just reminds you of what you're missing. But uh, right. I appreciate that. Thank you. Well, you know, we're all we're all celebrating for you, if that makes any sense. I mean, in spirit. Right. And you're a, you're a cancer, so I'm just going to kind of make that, you know, we we yeah. we tend to believe in a little bit of the astrology specter. So you know, you're you're a cancer. So just right. a little fun, yeah. <laughs> little fun fact. I'm a tiny bit emotional, a little bit sensitive, but don't tell anybody. That's a big secret. Eh. It's okay. Listen, we're in 2021, and all of that is perfectly fine. Um, <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know how progressive I am, but I'm learning. Hey, you know what? All you can do is learn, and that's that's important. I mean, if you just learn right. and just move on with it, and just be um, educated, and as they as the young the youngins say, woke, then you're good. Right. So yeah. We're gonna get right to it um, because right. you know what we all would like to know because you know you are you're a human being. Okay, is the first question that I have is, um, can you give me a little bit of insight as to what your background is or was, like what kind of student you were, what kind of like all around kid you were, you know, were you quiet or shy or loud and outgoing? Like what kind of person were you? Um, so I was raised in a super right wing Christian home, right. which leaned towards all sorts of abusive behavior and things like that. I was raised mm-hmm. in homeschool. Uh, okay. So I homeschooled myself, junior high, and the majority of high school. And mm-hmm. um, so to get away from that environment as much as possible, starting when I was about 13 years old, I used to go pack moose and other game for big game guys. I did long line for halibut, set net for salmon, um, and I wow. basically got myself away from the home as many months of the year as possible. Right. Um, so I didn't have to be there. So. Point being, I was never able to do prom or football or any of that type of stuff, but I certainly was a worker, a laborer from a very young age, um, and that's, you know, how I survived my childhood. Right. I can kind of relate in the, in the sense that I didn't go to prom. I was just like, fuck that. <laughs> right. Yeah, right. <laughs> I was I was your I was your little goth kid, so. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> So, and I, I was a little fat kid um, until I kind of got my stuff together and started getting healthy and stuff like that. Hey, it's you know what? That's that's awesome. I mean, I'm not I'm not going to sit there and glorify unhealthy choices as some may see it as, as it is. But but you know, I've been I was born and raised a freaking fat kid and fat kid love, as they say. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> um, uh, I know. Do you see yourself as the hero that others see you? And um, are you still the same kind of personality as you were when you were a kid? Um, no, I'm not. I think I've changed a lot in my lifetime. Um, pain has been a great teacher for me, emotional and otherwise. And, right. And uh, the type of person I see myself as now, um, I'm a simple man. Um, I, you know, have have simple beliefs. Um, right. And I think, I think that right is right and wrong is wrong, and it's not too difficult to differentiate in between them. Um, and I also have come to learn and experience that oftentimes, like, for instance, in my case, what I went and did, a lot of people try to ask if I justify or think everyone should be doing it or if I think that's right for everyone to be doing, et cetera, et cetera. So 
what I know is that oftentimes what was right for me to go out and do is not right for someone else to go out and do. Some of us uh, have particular skills and callings at different times. Um, And so um, for me, I'm just a simple person, and I, you know, look forward in my life to simple things. But I will tell you there's very little in this life that has brought me greater pleasure or greater satisfaction than being there uh, for someone else um, in a way that no one was there for me when I was a young man. So, for instance... Um, when I was a little kid, if some tattooed-up badass would have booted in the front door and beat the brakes off the guy that was molesting me or beating me with a two-by-four, right. I would have given a little cheer and had faith in God or the universe or whatever you want to call it. Um, but that never happened. So right. the fact that I was able to do that for a couple of other little kids, man, worth it. Super worth it. Yeah, absolutely. And that, that, yeah, and that doesn't necessarily call for any accolades or anything like that. It's just, man, what a super honor, and that was badass. That is that is badass. I'm sorry. Most people will probably be like, you're weird. I am, I'm fucking weird, okay? <laughs> but that, yeah, that is badass. That. I'm, really, I'm really intrigued by, like, you know, true crime and everything, so I don't normally, like, quote-unquote glorify, you know, crime, but in this case, right. in this case, it's it's awesome. Um, right. Let, go ahead. let me also tell you too, real quickly, is that uh, it's important to note that as a person, I'm not a violent person by any means. I don't have a hot temper. I don't right. tend to uh, be violent by nature in any way. Right. Um, so it took a great deal of effort on my part to conjure up uh, and channel the sort of energy is necessary to go face down creepy-ass fucking monsters and handle the business. Like, that's right. not something that is natural to me in my natural state. Uh, but I was willing to do so because it was necessary. See, so you're more of a lover than a fighter. But, I mean, when it comes Absolutely. down to brass tacks, you're, you're willing to beat the fuck off of somebody because they... 100%. Isn't, yeah. 100%. Hey, you know what? That's that's a good parenting skill. I would say. <laughs> I suppose. I suppose. So, you just don't want to talk about that at your BTA meeting. Right. Like it's it's like, you know, you go into a PTA meeting unassuming, but it's like, yeah, you know, I look like a sweet little cupcake, but don't you fuck with my daughter. <laughs> That's exactly <laughs> right. Bill, bounce your head off the wall. For sure. Um, yeah. So I'm being told that, you know, you like to read books. So what kind of books are you into? Also, what kind of music are you into? Because music is like the best. Yeah, it's everything. So uh, as far as reading material goes, like I – was raised, obviously, by spiritualist people. So I've sort of gone down those side roads when it comes to educating myself and reading. And I don't and I don't mean, you know, run-of-the-mill spirituality, but I've spent tens of thousands of hours reading old manuscripts and, and writings of every type from Sufism to Masonry to witchcraft to all of the all of the religious branches. I've studied them all, and I've gotten a lot of insight and satisfaction out of doing that. Um, occasionally I find a fiction that really gets me that's well written, but I'm like, <laughs> I'm a super bougie, picky reader. So if you're not hella smart and on point with your prose, then I get bored. You know? Right. So I, get I can't that. even, honestly, I, I can't even pick out a recent fiction that I thought was amazing. Um, but there's been a couple, but most of the stuff I read is dry as hell. I'm <laughs> talking super dry. It's, it, it's, it's the diametric opposite of 
what I look like I would enjoy reading. I'll tell you that. Right. Hey, you know what? That's okay. I mean, uh, my husband my husband looks like he could be into, like, heavy metal, but he really likes right. fantasy fiction. <laughs> and <laughs> yeah. he, just, he, he doesn't look the part, but he, you know, I get it. You know, don't ever judge a book by its cover. Oh, my gosh, that was a segue. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, exactly. What about... And then, uh, yeah, music. Uh, the thing is, I think because of my peer group, uh, I listen to a lot of every style of trap, hip-hop, all of the stuff that's kind of cutting edge and semi-underground that a lot of these guys turned me on to. Uh, Have you to heard of Tech of... 9 Tech 9 yeah, of course. Yeah, of Hell course. yeah, I love yeah. Tech 9 Absolutely. So I've got super deep, super deep cuts um, from tons of obscure artists. Um, I listen to some rock. I just I I take issue with a lot of the modern rock that's out there because it's not it's just not smart enough and it doesn't have enough. Like you got to be a wordsmith to get. Yeah. It, you know what I mean. So right. that's where I'm at right now, and I'm sure. God forbid I age another 10 years and I start really listening to country, but I suppose it could happen. It just has never happened. So. Oh, man, country. I, I'm not a, <laughs> I know, right? Not a, <laughs> I, know. I was born and raised in Texas. Back. I just could never get into okay. it, man. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if it's going to happen. But. Um. So whenever you get out, and I say when, not if, because when, and we are all like, when you when you get out soon, because high hopes are a good thing. Um, what's what's like the first thing you're gonna do? What's the first food you're gonna eat? Oh my god! I don't <laughs> even, you know what's fucked up is so my little sister is like she's got lined up in her mind. On you the, have one minute left. And by the way, I'll call you back one more time if you want. I think, but lined up all of these fancy places in Texas that she wants me to eat, the names of which I don't even know. Meanwhile, yeah. I've been living in a concrete shoebox, viewing the world through basic cable, and I'm seeing fucking Chick-fil-A, Carl's Jr. Uh, <laughs> Whataburger. Yeah, Whataburger, a never-ending series of these bomb-ass chicken sandwiches that obviously I cannot have. So that's uh, what's on my mind, is yeah. a double hand-breaded chicken bomb-ass sandwich with some kind of bacon, which I also cannot have. But uh, I'll probably end up somewhere eating a fat steak and drinking a glass of wine. Uh, probably what's actually going to happen. Hell yeah. Got to do it big. My last question, and then we'll we'll chat a little bit. Um, what is one big thing, if you have the opportunity, that you would like to tell people? Well, I, I will give you a little stream of consciousness segue okay. on that, which is um, it's really important people that care about this subject matter in general not to get tripped up on the specifics of whether I'm a perfect human being or not, whether I made perfect choices that align with what they think should or shouldn't happen. Um, it's really important for people to remember that survivors of child abuse grow up um, and those of us that survive and grow up, we are family. Um, and we are a disjointed, dysfunctional family, and most of us aren't even aware that the rest of us exist. Um, right. And you tend to feel isolated and alone, and like you can't relate to anyone, or nobody gives a fuck about what you're feeling or what you've been through. 
and the truth of the matter is there are plenty of us out here that care very deeply and would show up in a cold second and can relate to everything that you're going through. Um, and it's really important for people to understand that. And I say that because the majority of my lifetime, I felt completely alone, 100% alone. I couldn't right. speak on, didn't speak on anything I'd been through. I didn't feel like it mattered. Everybody told me to suck it up and shut the fuck up. Um, and if not directly, that's just what the vibe of my life path was. And <clears throat> The other thing, too, is that uh, I also would encourage people uh, that I am not asking or advocating for anyone else to go perform acts of violence. Um, the thing is, what was right for me and necessary for me in the moment at the time was for me, and that was my burden. Um, and I wouldn't impose that or this punishment on anybody else. It sucks. It hell right. sucks. And if you survived child abuse and you suffered in your lifetime in the way I did, the last thing that should happen to you is that you should go and have to then be stuck in a fucking concrete shoebox right. and lashed out as a pedophile. It's a terrible fate. Horrible. Um, well, so I don't let me, that on anything else. Right, absolutely. Let me get my opinion on that real quick. <clears throat> First of all, you are not alone. I want you to know that, okay? Not you have so many hands on your back right now just yeah. completely just I mean there there you know there's you know there's shitty fucking people okay right. but there are people out there that are absolutely thankful for you yeah. advocating um you have so many people that are out there that just are very grateful that you have advocated on their behalf no matter how That's you've awesome. done it and right. you know we're all sending you this big spiritual hug and I mean I hope you're feeling it Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, my my opinion, as far as all of this goes, is is okay. You know what? You've done some things. Okay. You've done your time for it. Um, yeah. The system, in my opinion, tends to cater, unfortunately, to sick fucks like pedophiles and sex offenders and rapists, and was, and it's yeah, it's no. been made very apparent lately because, for example, Bill Cosby just got off. I mean, I don't know if you know or, or you're aware of that whole thing, but he just got off off of a technicality, yeah. you know. And then yeah, some of the people, of my, yeah. yeah, that's one of my sarcastic uh, taglines in here. Fucking Bill Cosby. Fucking you know Bill Cosby. Mean? Fucking pudding man. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, he got off with basically like a slap of the wrist. It's like these people have taken whole ass livelihoods from. Children, they have stolen their innocence. They have taken their childhood. They have taken their happiness. But they they get off with like a slap on the wrist. And in, in one case, we won't mention who I'm referring to. But you you are well aware who I'm referring to. One case where he only did what nine months, a whole ass pregnancy. Like you're serving what twenty twenty three years because. So, yeah, it's interesting. It's worth mentioning, and everybody should reflect on this, too, that uh, a lot of times the analogy I give is this. If you want to know why Elon Musk built that giant fucking factory in California, 
All yeah. you gotta do is just look at what comes out the end of that bitch, and you see shiny new Teslas coming out the end of this giant factory, and you're like, oh wow, the factory's built to push Teslas out the end. Okay, I get it. In similar fashion, if you want to know what this system of justice was built for, it's purpose built. It's not by accident. It's built to push sex offenders and child molesters right out the back gate with equipment, with little slaps on the wrist, um, and it was built for that purpose. A lot of people need to be aware this system is purpose built, and that means we have to have purpose and change their rules because they designed it to do this. It's not by accident. Um, and then, and a great example, a perfect example would be, I'm a real linear, smart, simple as genius type of guy. So when I got arrested, I immediately drafted a letter and had the media put it in the newspaper and everything to the prosecutor. And I told him, check this out. I'll plead guilty to any combination of charges you wish, but I have one caveat, and that is my sentence is to equal in length what each one of the pedophiles did in prison. And I'll serve their sentences back to back to back. I'll do all of their time. And that's fair. And it came to six years, nine months. Somebody framed a 10-month-old baby. Uh, He did a year or something. Somebody raped his daughter, did a year or something. Child pornographer did some program in some number of months. And then I told them, in addition to that, I'll do the three years in prison suspended that the monster that made me never served after you convicted him of molesting me when I was a little kid. So nine years, nine months, run that. I'll sign on the line right now. Um, And they laughed it out of court. Oh, absolutely not. We don't do justice like that up here. And ultimately, I got a sentence that was nearly three times longer than all of those dirtbags combined because I had the audacity to go smash their face. And so when you just look at the glaring comparison right there, it's shocking. And it should be shocking to everyone. Because uh, the other thing is uh, is that I stood in a courtroom and they were flabbergasted and shocked that I grew up and did what I did. What was amazing to me is that I had vivid memories of being a young kid standing in that exact same courtroom while they grilled me about the dude that molested me and gave him zero days in jail to serve. And then fast forward to me as an adult, literally in the exact same courtroom, and they're like, oh, my God, we can't believe you had the audacity to go assault these pedophiles. But and why, I'm, though? Like, I'm, you've you've had to exist right. in several different traumas. And I was kind of silently just looking around the courtroom, thinking to myself, like, what is the matter with these fucking people? Are they serious? Like, I can't believe that more like me have not grown up and come back to their home state and bashed out people that ruined their lives, you know? You not know shit. Um, yeah, I agree. You know, and that's been some of the some of the ease of some of the pain of this sentence, which is a sad truth. I tell people is check this out. My life was taken from me when I was about eight or nine or ten years old. That's when yeah. it got taken. Whatever I could have been or whatever I should have been, it was taken then. So granted, I got a prison sentence later on in life, but trust me, I got my life sentence when I was a little ass kid, and I got it from a pedophile and a monster and a court system that didn't give a fuck. That's when I got the sentence. Yeah, you've done more than your share of time. So, I hope so. Yeah, yeah. I hope so. We, you know, that's the other little quick wrap-up to this, too, is I've got about exactly 24 months to the parole date. Um, and, I mean, pretty much every card is stacked against me as far as them choosing to let me out at the discretionary parole date. So, well, 
let's just say that the word, the word, the big word, or the big yeah. phrase rather, is applying pressure. That's right. That's exactly yep. right. So people call your local Alaska senator, governor, whoever, right. let them know. Um, because I mean, uh, what I intend to do upon release is uh, I will get out, um, and I believe we'll have a little bit of backing and a little bit of cooperation um, from the community and the big community in this country. And uh, I intend to set about to do some positive things for kids that doesn't involve bashing monsters' head. Then, so, awesome. Yeah, it's going to be dude, cool. Dude, you are so awesome. Thank you so much. I'm not hey, nervous well, anymore. <laughs> yeah, good. No, you should be. <laughs> you definitely shouldn't be. And I appreciate everything you've done. And uh, no I wish you the absolute best. And uh, I really appreciate the, uh, the kind intentions and all the kind words and stuff. It really means a lot. I, I just thank you very much. You are so welcome, and it means it means the world to me that you were willing to speak with me. Um, and yeah. please stay in touch, and I mean that. Yeah, can do. Okay. So, what was your takeaway on that interview? I liked it again. Again, like just a sister, it gave more insight into him. Yeah, and he just got to he got dealt a really bad hand in life. He did. He really there did. Was, and there was a lot of um, points in both interviews that I could hear them like start to waver a little bit and. You know, sometimes you'll listen to people talk and, and whatnot, and you feel like they're bullshitting, but you can absolutely, like, tell that they're not bullshitting. And, you know, it's weird because, like, I listened to both interviews, and then um, I couldn't stop listening to Jason's interview because, I mean, again, this case has become really, I've been really affected by it. Um, and then, you know, you go look on um, Google, and you'll see a couple of pictures of him all over the place, but there's one in particular where you can see him in, in the courtroom, and you could tell that he looks like he's about to break down. And it's just like, that, that just kind of paints the entire picture for you right there. But yeah, these people are just not fucking budging and it just it really just uh it's it's infuriating because he really yeah uh, you know he needed to do his time and I, I believe that he already has but he deserves to just have a second chance at life he wasn't even given a first chance you know yeah. so um he wasn't raised no he wasn't, he, raised. he wasn't raised we could say he wasn't raised white right we he wasn't raised well straight up wasn't raised <laughs> he wasn't raised in general people that are born with you know female parts okay if you ever decide to have a child i am begging you to please listen to your child don't choose a significant other over your child if you feel like that's going to happen don't have kids okay yeah. Seriously. Or if you do, give them for adoption because there's a lot of families out there who would love to have kids that apparently you can't take care of. Dude, if you're going to have a kid and you don't want it, I'll take it. Like, I I want another baby so bad. I'll take him too. But but that's neither here nor there. Like, if you don't want kids, don't have them. If you feel like you can't measure up to be a good parent, then don't have kids. Seriously. I'm very disgusted that she has decided to side with some man over a child that she spent nine months with. It's and not only just her child. It's right. both of her children. Like, if it was just one, it's still... I mean, Joel... Shouldn't. To be fair, Joel Joel wasn't her. Well, I don't think Joel was her kid. I, if I'm wrong, I'll be corrected and I will correct it. But I don't. I think Joel was actually biologically Larry Lee Fulton's kid, not hers. That, that's even it does, worse. Yeah, it's still it's still fucked up. I mean, like okay, but up. even two kids that right. are 
technically brothers. Right, right. Are saying yeah. the exact same thing. So I mean, for real though, like as as adults and as parent figures, no matter who you are, like we need to be advocating for our kids because again, they cannot defend themselves. They can't speak for themselves. And that should be kind of telling to pedophiles. First of all, pedophiles, if you're listening to this podcast, you might as well get off of here. This ain't your podcast. You can fuck off. With that being said, it just kind of goes to show you that minors cannot consent. No. So... So um, to close up, you know, unfortunately, it seems that though, as though there are a lot of systems in place where the sex offenders, pedophiles, etc. are coddled to and get away with a smack on the wrist. And then there's those who do little to nothing crime wise, but they're being absolutely punished. There's people saying, according to Jason Vukovic himself, that they don't deal too kindly to vigilantism, obviously, Um, when people do the job of law enforcement, things like that. But you know, Maybe uh, you wouldn't have to worry about that if you, I don't know, did your job. That could be a real reach. I could be just going out on a limb. But also, maybe we could start believing children when they make accusations because 99% of the time, there is 1% that they are lying, but 99% of the time, they are telling you the truth. There's no reason for kids to lie. So why would they lie about something like that? I mean, Um, at least look into it. Yeah, absolutely look into it. Um, Something. If my child were to come to me and be like, you know, someone-so is touching me. I'm going to be like, well, then so-and-so, so-and-so is going to have to, you know, answer to me. Yeah, they're going to have to answer to me. Um, And then if if my child were to say, well, I was afraid that you wouldn't believe me, I would be like, I'm always going to believe you. And if it turns out that my child were lying to me, I would deal with it. You know, I would deal with it. I would rather risk that I'm believing a lie than, you know, believing somebody else's lie. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah, definitely. 99% of the time, these children aren't lying when they make an accusation. I have also learned in my own experience with them, an organization that I used to work with, that, you know, sex offenders are likely to reoffend and that background checks don't always check out. Like, you could, sex offenders look like you and me, they look normal, there's, you know, they just, it's just a really unfortunate thing that these these people are, are just walking the earth. I just, I don't know. People want to put them on their own island and I just, I don't know. They just don't need to exist. But anyways, okay, to end this, I'm happy that Jason Vukovic has such a following and that he has people he can lean on for support, but I'm really fucking disappointed in our system. Yeah. I believe that the pedophiles got what they deserve, but I do not think Justin for Jason Vukovic has been served yet. To end that, um, we're going to put the link tree that um, Miss Angelina was talking about earlier. We're going to put that in our show notes. I'm going to post it everywhere. She did say that if you do want to donate to his commissary, there is a way to do it. It's kind of um, a lengthy and kind of complicated process. But she did say that uh, basically you have to be approved for the visitor list and it's 10 people at a time. Um, so she can give more information about that if you are so interested, but do not do it yet because I'm going to get on that visitor list and I want to send him some commissary money. Just kidding. Do what you got to do. But seriously, um, but if you do want to donate, if you want to add to his books, if you want to help him get some legal help, if you want to, you know, just even just send him a a word of encouragement, I'm going to include that link tree. There should be an address to send him a letter. You know, you could, you can definitely share this episode of this podcast. You can definitely share the link tree. Um, let's make our voices heard about this. Let's help him get some justice and a second chance at life because he really didn't get a first chance. And um, that's about all I've got to say about that. Do you have any parting words, Amanda? I don't. Okay. I think we pretty much covered it all, but 
All right. Well, I agree. Send him at least send him a letter. At, at the very least. But I at mean, obviously, obviously, I mean, Angelina is putting a lot of blood, sweat and tears into this and she's putting her own her own money into this. And I mean, they they really could use the help. So if you guys can afford it, if, if y'all can help them financially, please do. And with all of that being said, that is um, that is our Alaskan hero, our Alaskan Avenger. Um, and I'm really hoping that everybody enjoyed this very first episode of our podcast. Our next episode is set to be about paranormal happenings in the Baker Hotel and Mineral Wells. And the episode after that, and I'm going to go ahead and say it because... All three of these episodes are going to drop at the same time anyway. But the third episode, go into the third episode for just a second, Amanda. Uh, the third episode is going to be one very, very close to me um, because it happened in the same, right down the street from me. And it's the Sharon Matthews case. Mm-hmm. And it's about a three-year-old little girl who was murdered. All right. And we're going to get into that. We're going to talk about a lot of things. I have like nine pages of notes. Now I recounted. I have like nine pages and I'm not done. Yeah. Like it's going to be another long episode because I have a lot to say. Well, you know what? This is this is one of those podcasts. So um, we uh, to those of you that are listening, you know, thank you so much. Um, Welcome to our podcast you know we do things a little bit differently and um with that i bid you adieu um yeah um i don't have any kind of like ending tagline like most true crime podcasts have so we'll just say um that's enough and good night my daughter said that's enough i haven't recorded they'll hear it so we'll just keep that <laughs> all right Thank you so much for listening to A Nefarious Nightmare. Music used in this podcast was created by Ghost Stories Incorporated. You can find their music on bandcamp.com. We do have social media. You can follow us at our Facebook page at A Nefarious Nightmare, or you can follow our Instagram, Nefarious Nightmare Pod. If you have any stories of paranormal instances that have happened to you or ideas for true crime, please email us at a nefarious nightmare at gmail.com. Thank you very much and take care.